same thing as you along the same lines. Like I thought like so far down the road, like I thought, what is next year going to look like for us? You know, what is the next chapter going to look like for us? Andy and I were having so much fun in those early years. And even though the long distance was hard, like every trip was so special. And I usually like flew in for like the special events and that kind of thing. And so I think to like, yeah, just live more in the moment and just like enjoy the time and know that if you guys are really invested young Hillary and young Andy in each other's lives, like it'll all work out. Don't worry about like next month or next year or next chapter. Just like, I just think life goes by so quickly. So embracing that a little bit more and living in the moment. You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players. But since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts, but I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women, but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It is lockdown day 5,000. Just kidding. But wow. I mean, I'm really going stir crazy over here and I'm running out of activities for my one-year-old to do. So if you have ideas, let me know. I feel like it's a hard time too because it's been kind of like yucky outside. So uh, what are we going to go do? Go walk in the yuck? No, it's we're trapped inside. And it's funny, like I even noticed the other night while we were laying in bed, getting ready for bed, my duvet cover was messed up. And I feel like when you're just on edge anyways, like one thing will set you off. And I was just like, God damn it. The damn, they need to figure out a better way for duvet covers. This is ridiculous. I was like, okay, Devin, you need to like tone it down a notch and like possibly get out of the apartment tomorrow because this is, (laughs) this is not good. Anyways, again, podcasting has just been a fun outlet for me during this time. And let's fingers crossed that on the 13th, they let us free and go get Christmas shopping done because I have zero gifts and I need to start doing that. Today was a really, really fun episode to do. I had Hillary Mealy on the podcast. From the second that she answered the call, we literally just started like vibing. We were talking. We had to like reel it in, which honestly happens with a lot of my guests. We're like, I'm like, okay, wait, stop. Let me press record because we're going to be talking for so long and then forget. So she was one of those people. We just had this like friendship chemistry, which is the best. And we talked about a lot of different things. She shared the story about when she first met her husband and how they were in college and then she got thrown into long distance. Funny enough, she actually wound up getting a job in the city he was playing in, but then he got called up to the other side of the country. So they got thrown back into long distance, which eventually led her to leaving her career to essentially follow him, which she talks about was really hard for her. You know, she was working towards her own goals and dreams, but knew that she had to sacrifice to be with him. Her and her husband are currently playing in Russia. So she shared some funny stories about that. They talk about how they had to spend four months apart this past season because she was not able to get her visa. So she was back home in Charleston and he was in Russia. And then when she finally got there, We talk about just like some of the funny things, like how they have drivers there that drive you around everywhere. She shares about how she loves to travel and she is a big advocate for solo traveling because life is short and how special it is to just take your kid and go travel the world. We are overseas and taking advantage of this opportunity, which obviously it's really hard in lockdown right now. I would say that's like one of the more disappointing things about this is like, you know, you just feel like you can't go anywhere. So I'm really hoping that this eventually changes at some point because it makes it just very hard to feel like you can't leave. Like even for me, I'm in Vienna, Austria, which people literally travel here on vacation 
And I lo- absolutely love it here. I love playing here. But I also just like want to get out and explore and stuff. We also talk about how her husband every year has signed a one-year deal. And when he finally signed a two-year deal with Arizona, everything happened with COVID and they weren't sure what was going to happen with the season. So they wound up going to Russia. We talk about a lot of different things, too many to name, but I definitely know you will feel like you are just hanging out with us and feeling really a part of the conversation. If you're listening today, I would love it to share to your story, tag the podcast, let us know what you think and enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. And thank I'm you a- for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. It's always funny doing these like intros after I've been chatting with someone for a few minutes because I'm like, okay, let's pause. Yeah. And then move into the start over. Yeah. Now we have to start the recording before we chat for two hours, but yay. I'd love to just kind of learn a little bit of your backstory. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is Hillary Mealy. Um, I am currently living in Russia with my husband, Andy Mealy and our daughter, Bonnie and our dog, Hobie. We call Charleston, South Carolina home in the off season. My husband and I have been together for going on 13 years. We've lived everywhere from bouncing all over the States. We did a little bit of time in Sweden, and this is our third season in Russia. Oh man. Okay. And I was also looking at your Instagram before we started recording and saw that you lived in Charleston. Do you love living there? That's on my bucket list. Love living there. So I am from Atlanta, Georgia, and Andy, my husband, is from Detroit, Michigan. And we knew that once it got closer to us starting a family, we wanted, we had been living in um, Detroit in the off seasons, but we didn't have kids. And we knew once we had kids, we wanted to kind of lay some roots down south. He was over the winters. I was never into the winters since I didn't grow up with them. (laughs) Um, So a few years before we had kids, we bought our first home in Charleston. We actually did like a really big road trip of a couple different Southern cities. And I had grown up going to Charleston because I had family there. So I always like when we went on this road trip to see where we kind of wanted to start looking at real estate to maybe buy a house. I was like, please like Charleston the best, please like Charleston the best. And so we went to like a couple different cities, got to Charleston and we were there less than 24 hours. And he was like, okay, hands down, this is where I want to be. So we got a house and a few years later brought home Bonnie, our daughter, and that's where we call home. I have heard nothing but good things about Charleston. And it's funny because like we live in Idaho in the summers um, and we love it there, but I've always told my husband, I'm like, you know, I love it here, but I don't know if I want to live here for the rest of my life. And he's like, well, where the heck else do you want to live? And I'm like, Charleston. He's like, you've never even been there. I'm like, I know, but it just looks so cool. I think we should go and like, just explore it and see if we like it. You guys should. That's like exactly what we did. You know, we did a little road trip and, um, it's crazy because so growing up in the South, I like before meeting Andy, I didn't know anything about hockey. Hockey doesn't really exist in the South. I mean, like now markets like Nashville and Florida are kind of getting a little bit bigger, but when Mm -hmm. I was growing up, it was like non-existent Charleston, funny enough, has a pretty big hockey community because they have an ECHL team there, the Stingrays. A lot of players that play for the Stingrays like fall in love with Charleston and when they retire, just stay there. So we have like a pretty dis- decent group of hockey families that we hang out with and have a lot of fun with. So oh, you guys would awesome. fit right in when your time in Idaho comes to an end. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And actually, funny enough, a lot of people do that with Idaho too. Like they'll play there in the ECHL and they wind up retiring there and starting their family because they love it so much. And yeah, it's um, beautiful. I'm such an ocean girl though. And I just feel like Charleston, like you kind of have the best of both worlds, but if we're ever there, I will definitely have to hit you up and yeah, seriously, we can meet. Love that. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay. So you're, you're in Russia right now, which I think yes. is so funny. We're just like, I love talking to people all over the world. It's like, okay, last week I'm in Germany. Now I'm in Russia. That's so cool. How are you liking it there? Um, it's, I mean, obviously (laughs) Uh, when you're looking at like the grand (laughs) scheme of things, like it's different, you know, our first year here, it was definitely a bit of culture shock. 
Yeah. We've been lucky because even though it's our third season here, we've been with the same organization in the same city. So it's familiar. It's not like, you know, we're stepping off the plane. We've stepped off the plane every year and had to like relearn a city or relearn the places that we want to go to or the grocery store, that kind of thing. And the first year, although like every year feels really far away from our family, you know, like there's girls that have come back every year. So I've gotten to know some of the girls that were here from our very first year, our second year, our third year, we have a driver and a translator that we've been, you know, like using ever since our first year. And he and his wife has, have basically like become our family away from family. And I think it's definitely gotten easier every year. And I mean, at the end of the day, we're just like very thankful to have the opportunity. So try to keep things in perspective and count our blessings. Yeah. I, so way back when I first started the podcast, I did a recording with Priscilla Fratton and she Mm -hmm. was telling me about the driver, like how she had a driver and I had never heard of that before. Like, so do you have to have the driver whenever you want to go anywhere? I mean, yes and no. Like we always try to find an apartment that's kind of, I mean, we're definitely in the city center. So there are things that I can walk to. Like I like having some sort of independence, you know, like being able to yeah. like walk to the grocery store, at least by myself, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he takes me to the games, any errands, any doctor's appointments. If I want to go to the mall, <laughs> just call his name is Genia. He's the greatest person in the world. I absolutely adore him. And that's like I said, so he's kind of become part of our family. So it's nice. I mean, like nothing more makes you feel like a queen than just being driven around all the time. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so funny though, because like when you get back home, like when we get back home after not driving for like, you know, I don't know, seven, eight months, like getting back behind the wheel, I'm almost like nervous to pull out of our driveway for the first time. Like, do I remember how to do this? I haven't done this in so long. Yeah. Would you be able to drive there or is it just like not a chance? I would never attempt like... I mean, my husband makes fun of me because I'm already like a terrible backseat driver, but the, I mean, the roads here and the laws are just so different. And with the language barrier, if I were to get pulled over, I wouldn't even like know how to explain my situation, you know? So yeah, I feel like just like, I'm not going to attempt. It's a hard language. I've always like, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like you look at Russian and you're just like, what? Like how? how yeah. do you even I mean, go three years to the in, store? I still feel that way. Yeah. Well, like, Google how do you translate is our best friend. If okay. I, like I said, you know, like I, I usually try not to bring Jenny into places like the grocery store and stuff. Like I try to navigate those on my own. And luckily at the grocery store, you can look at labels and that's like, you, there's usually pictures and stuff. So that's a little bit easier, but anything like if I have to go to the post office, if I have to go to a doctor's appointment where the doctor doesn't speak English, if I have to do a return at the mall, like Jenny just comes with me because otherwise <laughs> I'm useless and I use Google translate, but I'll use it and I'll be like, is this translating properly? Or like, is, is it going to translate in a way that's going to offend them? But yeah, I don't know. You just do what you can. What an interesting experience. And then do you find that when you go back to Charleston, you have culture shock? I wouldn't say we necessarily have culture shock, but it's like, we'll go to a cafe and we'll like, they'll hand us our coffee. And the first couple of times we might be like, Oh, spasiva, which is thank you. You know? And it's like, wait, wait, we we don't have to say that anymore. Like, it's funny because our daughter who just turned two, she doesn't know how to say thank you in English, but she goes around saying Biba, which is her trying to say Spasiba. And I'm oh. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, you can't even say thank you back home. You're going to get home and just like be telling everyone Biba, Biba, and they're going to have no clue what you're saying. But yeah. Yeah. They're like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like when I go back home, I, I mean, here, like people don't really say excuse me very much. And they're yes. like back home, everybody's really friendly. And if you're out walking, people will say, hi, how's it going? Like, I am like that. But then when I come yes. here, I kind of like, like, I always get a little bit thrown off because I'm, I usually do that or I'll smile at someone and they just like right. completely just like do not even move their lip in any direction. So then when I go back home, it takes me a minute to like get back into that because I feel like I get so used to just like adjusting to how it is here. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I definitely feel you on some of that or like holding doors open for people. That's not really like a commonality here. Yeah. And it like, it's like so surprising here. And then when you go home and someone does do it for you, you're like, Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Yeah. You know, (laughs) or like cutting people off at the grocery store. It's like every man for themselves. Like normally I'm used to people being like, Oh, go ahead. And I'm like, 
nope, I'm just like, I don't even care anymore. I'm like, I'm going and I'm not even going to look to my right or my left. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fair game. Anyways, we kind of like just jumped right into, you know, the, the Russia, but I wanted to go back a little bit to like when your relationship first started, because you mentioned that you guys met in college and then he was like, I'm going to play in the NHL. Bye. And you were like, huh? What? Like what's happening? So tell me about what that was like for you and being thrown into the long distance situation. So Andy and I met our junior year of college and I, again, growing up in the South, didn't grow up around hockey. My sister played a collegiate sport, but she was a swimmer. So like going pro, I just didn't have the experience of someone close to me, like after I thought, you know, sports kind of ended in college, if you even made it to college. So I had no realization that Andy was planning or thinking about going pro until it was kind of like playoff time, our senior year, and it was getting down to the wire. And it was like, we had this conversation all of a sudden, like, Hey Hill, you know, if I get knocked out of playoffs, I'm probably going to flat. He hadn't been drafted. So he basically sat me down and was like, I'll be flying out to meet with my agent and try to sign with the team. And to me, not growing up around the sport or really any sport where, you know, someone's next natural step was to try to go pro. I was like, what do you mean you're leaving school? Like, this is critical. You need to graduate. <laughs> Graduation is a once in a lifetime thing. Like you have to be here. This is time you won't get back. But like, again, not being in Andy's shoes, I had no understanding of like his whole entire life. He had been working up to this point to try to go pro or whatever. So mm-hmm. long story short, they got knocked out of playoffs. He flew out to California to meet with his agent, ended up signing with the Phoenix Coyotes and left school the remainder of our senior year to go be with the Coyotes while they played playoffs. So I was back in Oxford, Ohio, while Andy was in Scottsdale, Arizona. And you know, he was like having his first experience as a pro hockey player. And I was like, with all my girlfriends wrapping up college, my sorority sisters going through the graduation parties, that kind of thing. Did you go to um, Ohio state? I went to Miami, but we both, Andy and I went to Miami of Ohio. Okay. Okay. Sorry to to cut you off. Um, And then I graduated. I actually ended up applying for a job with a marketing company in San Francisco because that's where my older sister was living at the time. I love San Francisco. I thought I wanted to be closer to her. Quickly realized the cost of living out there was not going to (laughs) fly on an entry level salary. That company was opening up a new office in Scottsdale, asked if I would be interested in moving to their Scottsdale office. I knew Andy was going to be out in Scottsdale. I accepted the job. So I moved out to Scottsdale. Um, But he was spending like a little bit of time up at the Coyotes, but the majority of the time he was in Portland, Maine with their AHL team. So we were doing like the whole cross country. Oh my gosh. I never understand that. It's like, why is your affiliate in Maine? Well, it's so crazy. So when I accepted the job in Scottsdale, originally their AHL team at the time when Andy signed with the team was in, I want to say like San Antonio, somewhere in Texas. And so I was like, okay, even if you're, you know, in the AHL, like I can still easily hop on a plane after work on Fridays and come see you, blah, blah, whatever, like Arizona to Texas won't be that bad. And then he called me one day over the summer and said, Hill, they're moving the team to Portland. And I was like, okay, like Portland, Oregon, will still be on like the same <laughs> section of the country. We can do this. And he was like, no, 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 Hill. They're moving the team to Portland, Maine. So then we did two years of long distance while I stayed out in Scottsdale. And he, like I said, he was back and forth a little bit between Scottsdale and Portland, but the majority of the time for those two years, he was in Portland, Maine. Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like that was kind of, I mean, that's amazing that out of all of the places that you could have gone, they wound up opening like a, not a chart. What's the word? Um, another place in, in Scottsdale yeah, they opened a new well, office. It was yeah. great. I was like, wow, like the stars are aligning. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this is wonderful. Too good to be true. Um, yeah. And then, it, I mean, it was nice. Cause when he would get called up, like we would get to obviously spend extra time together, but I spent a many a night on a red eye flying either to Portland, Maine or home from Portland, Maine to make it back in time for work on Monday morning. So there was and a lot of miles logged. How was long distance for you? <sighs> I mean, I don't think long distance is ever easy. You know, it was one of those things where like going through it, it was difficult. We were both young. 
Mm -hmm. We're both in these like new chapters of our lives. He was experiencing the whole pro lifestyle for the first time. I was, you know, really wanted to make my own set of work friends and friends out in Scottsdale. So I also didn't want to be gone every single weekend. And like, you know, these, the players don't have the, it's not like they can fly to us one trip and then we go to them another trip. It's like every single time we have to go to where they are because their schedule doesn't allow them to switch off and come to our city. Mm -hmm. So that was difficult because I didn't want to accomplish getting a job in Scottsdale just to like not have my hard work pay off and kind of like create my own life there and be gone every single weekend, just like living his life. I wanted to kind of like have our life together and then also like have friends in the city that I had decided to live in because at the time when I moved there, I didn't know how long or long distance was going to be for. So I didn't know if it was going to be two years, five years. I didn't know what that was going to look like. So I wanted to like create my own little, like, you know, group in Scottsdale. Um, so it was hard because, you know, like big weekends would come up and it would be like, I don't want to miss the team Halloween party. And I don't want to miss being with Andy, but I also don't want to miss like doing Halloween with like my friends in Scottsdale. So, I mean, I think it's, it's a tense situation. You have to be good at communicating with each other. You have to try to be understanding with each other. Um, I mean, we were, we were so much younger than honestly, I think that like, Luckily, fate was on our side because I'm sure there were like many times we probably could have gone separate ways, but we stuck through it together. And then going through it was just like, it felt miserable. It felt like it was never ending. I felt tired all the time because it involved so much travel. But then looking back on it, Andy came out to when we had the conversation about moving in together and he was like, Hey, you know, I'm serious about a relationship. We can't keep doing this long distance thing. But like, I kind of knew that that meant putting his career before mine, at least for, you know, like the time being, because mm -hmm. it's not like a player's career lasts forever. So we had to maximize that while we could. So I knew that that basically meant like kind of letting go of the things that I had established in Scottsdale and joining him for this ride. And so he came out to Scottsdale to help me move out of my apartment and like, you know, pack everything up and get my stuff moved to Michigan where we had purchased a home and we're living in the off season. Um, that was going to be our first off season in Michigan. And I remember he came to pick me up at work on my last day. And I was like, such a sad little pathetic puppy, literally <laughs> sitting on the curb of my office, oh. with like my box of stuff from my little cubicle, just bawling my eyes out. And Andy pulls up and he was like, okay, well, um, I'm excited that you're ready to move in with me, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I really am excited. I just need like an hour to get this out of my system and I'll be okay. And so I like cried. He had bought me like a little gift for like my last day of work and moving in with him. And I think I spent like an hour down at the dumps and then quickly got over it and got really excited that we are going to be together and start doing this whole thing together and moving towards, you know, things in our future, like marriage and kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's hard because like a chapter in your life is closing and you know that it's kind of not that you're like losing your identity by any means, but like you are kind of having to start over because you're like leaving your comfort zone and like, you know, totally. you're going to have to leave your friends and stuff. So I totally well, get why you feel like, like that. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, these players, you know, they work their whole lives to, tr to make it pro and to achieve their dreams. But like, I also worked my whole life to like try to get into a good college and get into a good program in my college and make good grades so that after school I could get a good job. So it's like, even though like our career paths were very different, it doesn't negate that. Like I spent my whole life prepping and preparing for a life after like Andy prepared for a life after college hockey and tried to put in the time and the work ethic. I did the same thing, but in my own way for my career. Mm -hmm. And also like, I mean, let's be honest, I didn't have a ring on my finger. So I was like, I am putting all of my eggs in this one basket. Totally. And if there is a hole in the bottom, like your life will stay the exact same. We're living in Detroit, Michigan, where your family is from, where you grow up, you haven't had to leave your career. I just quit my job. Like mm -hmm. I sold my car. Yeah. I'm uprooting. I was like, I don't think I had so much invested in it. And I feel like I like really felt the weight of that because I was like, if this doesn't work out, like his life will easily move on. I will start back over from like square one, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I felt yeah. the same exact way. Like <laughs> I, we always joke that we did everything backwards. Like we bought a house together. We got two dogs together. Like people would always make fun. I mean, 
we were together for four years before we got engaged, but like, I had the same thoughts. I was like, I'm doing all this stuff. Like what happens if we don't make it, you know, and like, we're not engaged. And then I'm kind of following you around every time while I'm like putting my career on hold, um, like opposite of you, I didn't have something that was like a career, so to speak, but I was working jobs because I was putting off starting something because I knew eventually I want to move with him. So it definitely takes a lot of sacrifice. And I think everything you're saying is super, super relatable. I'm just sitting here, like nodding my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I wanted to go back to like something you said too, about like when you're, when you did long distance and how like you were young and how it requires a lot of communication. And like, I just relate to that. And I think if I could go back and tell my younger self, something in long distance, I would say to like embrace it because I think that like, I got so wrapped up in like the what's next when we were long distance. Like I, I kept like needing more like reassurance and like, like I'm doing this and blah, 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 blah. And like, I don't know. I just kind of wish that I like enjoyed, you know, having my own friends and like kind of having my own little like life. But then like when we got together, it kind of like coexisted. Does that make sense? Right. Right. If you yes, could go back definitely. and tell yourself something, what would you say? It would probably be to pick my battles. I think that we probably argued over, I mean, we were younger then, but yeah. I think that we probably argued over a lot of dumb, dumb stuff. And it yeah. was probably not the small dumb stuff that was like upsetting us. It was probably bigger things like, you know, the uncertainty of, like you said, like what's going to happen next. Is there a next chapter in our future? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but picking, picking battles for sure. And then also like, I always kind of same thing as you along the same lines. Like I thought like so far down the road, like I thought, what is next year going to look like for us? You know, what is the next chapter going to look like for us? And I do like Andy and I were having so much fun in those early years. And even though the long distance was hard, like every trip was so special. And I usually like flew in for like the special events and that kind of thing. And so I think to like, yeah, just live more in the moment and just like enjoy the time and know that if you guys are really invested, young Hillary and young Andy in each other's lives, like it'll all work out. Don't worry about like next month or next year or next chapter, just like I just think life goes by so quickly. So embracing that a little bit more and living in the moment probably would have been my advice for myself. I love that. Yeah. I feel like, look, it feels like a lifetime ago. Like if you think about a lifetime ago (laughs) and honestly, I don't know about you, but as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing long distance for maybe a few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so funny because like when Andy and I first moved in together, I would always kind of do that. Like, you know, when the player, when your player goes on the road or whatever, and then it's like midnight and they're arriving at like 2 AM off the bus or whatever. And you start like, just like power cleaning the apartment to act like you had your life together the whole road trip. Like it would be a disaster. And then I would clean right before he got back. And now that I'm like older, I clean like the day that he leaves. So it can actually like be clean while he's gone. Cause I know when he gets home, he's not as tidy as I would love for him to be. Um, so I'm like, okay, you're going on the road. This means I have like a solid week of the apartment just being like really clean yep. and put together. So yeah, it's That's funny, like so funny. how you operated back then versus to like a few years, fast forward down the road and how you operate now, you know, sometimes it's like when they come back, it's like, a little bit disruptive because you're like in the swing of things and then you know they come back and it's like stuff's here now we got it's like one more person I have to like <laughs> take care of I know it sounds well, awful but and I kind of thrive off of being on a routine and so Same. like even though I I like I always want Andy to be home I'm so much happier when our family is home all together but like truthfully because their schedule is so erratic I'm in right. much more of a routine when he's gone than when he's home so when he comes home like that sense of like calm that I get from thriving on a routine is totally debunked. Okay. You said that way better than I did. I just sounded like an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) No, no, it was very clear what you meant. And I feel the same way. It's just because like their schedule is so erratic. And like, even with Andy sleeping, he's like, I'm such a bad sleeper. And I'm like, Andy, you're not a bad sleeper. It's just that like, sometimes you're coming home at 4am and you're going to sleep. Other times we're getting in bed at like 830 when you're actually home, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just like, there's not really a routine. It's not like 
you know, Monday through Friday, they work nine to five, that kind of thing. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to like, keep up with like the laundry, the house chores, the groceries, yes. because you don't get into a routine. Right. Exactly. Like every day is different and yeah. you can never predict like, okay, when are we going to the store today or whatever? Cause you know, you don't really know. Um, and especially I'm sure having like a driver, <laughs> you probably have to coordinate schedules with him too. Like when, yeah, can so when Andy is home, he usually has the Trump card because obviously he has to get to and from the rink and everything. Um, so like if Andy's using the driver, I mean, Bonnie and I are just like hanging out around the apartment or like walking around wherever we can go. Yeah. And I love the fact that you travel alone solo with your daughter. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And it is, it's just like, it's kind of empowering because for me, like how we kind of were talking before the call, like I'm just such a scaredy cat and I get really nervous traveling by myself. And I would just like, love to hear about what that experience has been like for you, just kind of putting yourself out there and booking these trips and taking your daughter along with you. I mean, travel for Andy and I has always been like a huge part of our life. It's something we love to do, whether it's, you know, just traveling around the state, seeing our family or exploring new places. It's something that we've always prioritized as we've like, you know, moved in together and started this life together. We stopped giving each other gifts and kind of like started giving each other experiences or like picking out something special to do together on one of our trips. Um, or even just like, you know, saving that part of our budget for, from, giving each other a gift to putting it towards like a flight ticket or something. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, like I think about, I guess I can kind of relate it to like people who are introverted or extroverted, like extroverts get like energized by going out and like maybe going to a party and being around people. Like I feel like travel kind of re-energizes me mm. and like being okay. somewhere new, exploring a new city or a new culture, or just like a new vibe of a different environment, like really just kind of like gives new life into me. I don't know if it's like the change in scenery or what, mm -hmm. So I think we've been pretty lucky. Our daughter is a pretty good traveler. I have, I mean, people say like that, you know, kids thrive off of your energy. And like, I believe that to an extent, but I also kind of believe that like, maybe we've just gotten lucky with her. Um, <laughs> and I think just like when you travel with kids, like setting your expectations low, you know, like we usually try to choose a couple things that we really want to do. And then maybe have like a second part of our list where like, if we get to that, it's like, a plus the cherry on top. If we don't get to that, because like we needed to have some flex with her schedule or her patience level, whatever, that's okay. Um, but also like, I just going back to the whole, like life is short thing. I realized that Andy and I are probably, I mean, we're both in our thirties. We, I know that like this chapter of his life, our, of his career in our life, isn't going to last forever. And I know that one day we'll be home and we'll have, you know, a more, consistent job or more, you know, like routine job, or we don't have like the ability to just like jet overseas, like how this life brings us overseas. So mm -hmm. I was just like, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's try to make the most of it. I do spend a lot of time by myself with how much Andy is on the road and everything. And so I always traveled a little bit by myself before we had our daughter. And I just thought, you know what, like having a kid, I don't really want that to like change what I've done and enjoyed in the past. I'm just going to bring her along with me. And I think it's like you and I kind of talked a little bit before the podcast, like, you know, like getting to and from, it's usually absolutely miserable. And I know that that's going to yes. be miserable, but it's like the time in between that makes it so worth it to me. So it's like, all right, let's just put into perspective. We know that today is going to be rough. We're going to be sweaty. We're going to be a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to want to cry, but like when we get where we're going, it's going to be worth it. So I just yeah. try to like, think about like the end result or the final destination, you know? That's true. I feel like we put so much, ex like so many expectations on like how these travel days are going to go, even if it's short, even if it's like a two hour flight versus like a nine hour flight or whatever, it's like, okay, if I'm this prepared, everything's yes. going to go perfect. Yeah. No, it never goes perfect. Some, never goes something perfect. always goes wrong or your kids freaking out or your dog, like, it's just like, you can't really prepare. So I feel like you just have to go into it. Like this is going to suck. <laughs> but it's I, worth I totally it. agree. And I'm also like, it was like, before we had any kids, it was like, okay, well, traveling alone is so easy. And then we had a kid and I was like, well, you know what? Like when we have two or three kids, that's going to be, that's going to stink. That's going to be difficult. So I'll do it. Like, while we have one, because who knows if I'm going to actually realistically be able to juggle it. Like when we do have another kid, you know? Yeah. And so you gave birth to her in the U S right. 
we, yes, I gave birth to her in the U S we found out that we were pregnant with her Andy's first season in Russia. I really wanted to deliver closer to home, closer to our support system. And so he put out feelers to see if there was any interest back in the States. And he ended up actually signing a two-year deal again with the coyotes, which was kind of funny because that was who he signed with out of college. Um, and so we had her in Tucson because he was playing with their AHL team. And then that was the season that COVID hit. So we asked if we could be released from the second year because we didn't know, I think everyone was kind of like hitting the panic button and we didn't know, you know, like what was going to happen with hockey back in the States. And we knew that if there was any league that was probably going to push through the whole COVID situation, it was going to be Russia. And so we just asked if we could get out of the second year. We didn't even know if they were going to let us out, but they ended up like being understanding of our situation, you know, that Andy was like becoming an older player, that kind of thing that his time left was limited. And so then I was like, well, shoot, what if they just like, we had got them to release us and now we don't have another contract. Like what if we just screwed ourselves? And wait, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. So like with the eight, so, okay. So you played there like up until like March, 2020 when like shit hit the fan with COVID. Yes. And then that whole summer you were like, kind of like, you knew that you were going back there but then he had a second year on his deal but we started being like you you know everyone started hearing those mumblings of like is right. there going to be another hockey season is the AHL going to be impacted like okay, what is yeah. it going to look like that kind of thing so we started being like well shoot at his age we don't know if we can afford if there is no season for him to just have like this gap year you know yeah that um, makes sense. I feel like so the last two years have been like 20 years. So I'm like trying to refresh my memory. (laughs) I mean, that feels so long ago and it really was not that long ago. You know, I know, I know. Sorry. Okay. Continue. (laughs) Yeah. So we asked to be allowed the second year after having her in Arizona, which like also we thought, okay, we're going to like ease in. It was the first time that he had ever had a two-year deal since signing his entry-level contracts. We were like, this is incredible. Some stability. We'll be able to like ease into like parenthood life. We'll be in Arizona. We knew we were probably like more than likely going to be in Tucson. So we thought we could really set up shop there. I set up like a nursery at home. And then I bought like, you know, kind of like a makeshift second set of nursery stuff. Cause I thought she was going to be living in this nursery in Tucson for two years. And then COVID happened. I was like, we just fully furnished an apartment out here. And now we're like chuck, literally chucking it into the back of a U-box to get out of town as fast as possible. Over the summer, he asked to be let out of his second year and then ended up signing with his original team in Russia. So he came back the following that August or whatever. And then Bonnie and I waited at home until we could get our visas and joined him in December. Oh my Lord. Okay. So (laughs) that's like literally the definition of like this hockey life. I feel like just the, the chaos, like you don't know what's happening. What's the right decision. What's the right call. Obviously that was the right call in the end, because I'm pretty sure that year the AHL got pushed back to like December. Right. Yeah. 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 Which would be like kind of late. It was really late. Yeah. And some teams didn't even play like some completely can't, I think, I don't, I know for sure in the ECHL, but I don't know about the AHL. Um, so when he was saying that he wanted to get let out of his contract, was that something that you were like on board with right away? Or were you kind of like, what, we're going to go overseas and I have this young, you know, child. what, what was going through your mind? So we were actually in Key West, Florida at the time. Um, that's where Andy and I got married and my parent, I grew up going there. My family has a house there. And so we were in QS to baptize Bonnie in the church that we got married at. And so, you know, like COVID had been long and it was like, kind of like a highlight to get out of Charleston, go be around some family, get to a beach, like boost our spirits a little bit. And we had other family coming in town for the celebration. And it just like, I mean, I feel like it's like inevitable with hockey, but it feels like everything happens at once. So it's like, here we are with all of our family. We're like kind of having some of these tough conversations, but then we also have to go out and just like be mindful that like people had traveled to like celebrate with us and our daughter mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and at first when he like basically told me that's what he was thinking of doing, I was just like, what? Like we had to discuss, like, I didn't even know this was like, I just thought we were going to wait and see if we were like, the team was going back to Tucson, you know, like I, mm-hmm. this thought had just like not even crossed my mind. 
So I was caught off guard and then I was, you know, we said, okay, like reach out and see what, um, Arizona says first. And I was like, okay, well, like they could be like, no, like we don't want to shake up our roster because we don't know what's going to happen. So maybe like, they just want to leave things set as is until they have a more clear vision of what the next season is going to look like. Mm -hmm. So like, even though he brought it up to me, I still was kind of expecting Arizona to be like, no, we're not going to agree to that right now, you know? Um, and then it was like, okay, the next step happened. And they were like, so supportive and incredible and like, couldn't have been better. And like, I think that they knew that Andy was also like kind of feeling guilty. He was really happy there. He loved his coach. He loved the group of guys. I mean, like living in Arizona was great. We're outside all the time. Like we were happy. We had signed for two years. We wanted to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that they also sense like in Andy's voice, like it was tough for him to even like have that conversation because Andy felt like he didn't want them to think that he was just like turning their back, but like he was at an, he felt like he was at an age in his career where he like, he had to be kind of selfish and be like, okay, like what is this going to look like for me? If there is a chance that I don't play a whole season, like how could that affect my career? How could that affect my family? So long story short, he asked, they said yes. And then very quickly after he decided to sign with um, Nizhny Novgorod in Russia. And I just remember being like, I know he's going to go over there and we're not going to get to go with him at first. Like, I don't know when we'll get our visas to go. So then I got like super emotional because I was just like, what if it's like a whole hockey season of us being apart? And in my mind, it was like, okay, it's one thing, like, you know, if it's Andy and I, we can FaceTime. But then I was like looking at Bonnie and I was like, she's changing by the day. He's going to miss so much of her first year. It's going to be hard on her, on him, even though she doesn't know, like really, she was way too young to grasp the concept that he was far away. I think you do notice that your kids are happier when the whole family is together, you Mm -hmm. know? So even though she was like a little baby, I was just like stressed out about the whole situation. And again, I think in hockey, like there's always so much unknown and with COVID and the visa situation, it wasn't like we had like a date on the calendar that I knew we were going to be out there by. And so that was like my biggest fear and my biggest concern was like, how long are we going to be apart during her first year? Yeah. And I feel like Russia can be a little bit notorious for like taking a really long time with those visas. So <laughs> yeah. probably knowing that in the back of your mind is like, you just not never know how that's going to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you guys spent four months apart, like just under four months. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. And then you had, did you have help flying over? Or did you fly over with just your daughter? I just flew over with Bonnie because no, like they wouldn't even offer any family a visa at that time. You know, it was like Bonnie and I got to go because I was a spouse and she was a child. But other than that, it was like, no one's coming. Can you explain to me why you need a visa to go to Russia? Like what if you were just there for under 90 days? I think you still have to get a tourist visa. The crazy thing is, is you have to get an invitation before you can even get your visa. Yes. Okay. I've heard that we were sitting at home waiting for this invitation to come. And then once you have your invitation, I think it's like pretty much guaranteed a green light for your visa. But it's like the thing that you really need is this invitation that then clears you to get the visa. That is so intense. Like, I just find it very odd. I mean, there might be other countries that do that, but I've never heard of that. Like that, you don't have to do that here. The crazy thing is, is like, even when Andy was trying to go over after he had asked to be released from this contract, in the States and then signed a contract in Russia, we were even having issues with him getting his visa since he was coming from the United States. So he like went on Google and found this like random business on a Google search that said like Russian visas, we can help you obtain your visa, yada, yada, whatever. And I was like, Andy, this is like 1000% a scam. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely not. This is not wise. They're like telling you to send in your paperwork. They're just send send us your address and all your credit card information. (laughs) I'm like that your passport is going to like go to someone who's trying to like I don't know. Like I was (laughs) thinking of like Robert, like Robert Reddington from like blacklist or something, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. that's But like, then we started getting nervous that if he didn't (laughs) obtain a visa, then the rush, the team in Russia was going to like cancel his contract and be like, we're not going to sit around waiting for you forever. So you're responsible for getting your own visa to go to their team. Well, usually like, no, usually the team will get you like your work visa and everything, but I don't know. There was, I was just, I was, it was purely all because of COVID. There were like so many additional hoops that we had to jump through, like all these issues. 
I don't know, but it was like the consul, none of the consulates were open. So like they couldn't get it in like stamped in Andy's passport or something. I don't even remember the specifics because I feel like there was just so much going on at that point in time, but it was like, they wanted him to like fly to Houston to like go to the embassy there, but the embassy wasn't accepting like in-person appointments. It was like that whole in-person appointment thing was the issue, I think, because it was like nowhere was accepting in-person appointments. So then he couldn't go get the visa. So this was like this company saying, if you send us your passport, we can like do it remotely and then overnight it back to you. And I was just like, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. This is not going to pan out for us, but anyways, Andy sent off his passport to this company he found on Google. <laughs> Somehow the passport came back with his visa and he got to go. And like, oh even my though God. we were, yeah, even though we were like sending him off, I was kind of like, okay, thank God, because at least knowing that you have that visa and you're getting on this plane, we know that you're employed, you know? Right. Exactly. And yeah, like, okay. I remember what I was going to say now it was going back to like the signing one year deals every year. It's like very hard when you don't have that stability. And like, I think even when we went back to Graz, they signed us before, which we wound up being pregnant at that time, but we didn't know yet, um, is that they re-signed us for the following year. So it felt very comforting knowing, okay, we're going back here. Our stuff is here. We like know the lay of the land, but when you're kind of like hopping around every year, it's just like really hard to get stability, especially when you're coming overseas. Like, as you were saying, okay, then we're contacting this person and like the V and then the team. And then it's like, that's so triggering for me every year. I don't know why, but it's like, it's so stressful. Like you just feel like so much is out of your control and you don't really have a grasp on what's actually happening, you know? Yeah. Not to mention it's like, uh, what for you guys, I mean, I guess, so yours would be more of a time difference. So God, that would be like a 12 hour time difference than no 11 hours from California, which is where my parents live. But it's like, then you're communicating once a day because like you wake up, you send an email and it's like five o'clock PM their time and they're already gone for the day. So then they respond the next day. So you really, it's very limited messaging when you're trying to coordinate, like going over to Europe. But yeah, like the, the one-year deals are hard. So I'm sure like when you guys were in Arizona and like excited about that stability, it was hard. Oh yeah. To, we like, like thought we were setting up shop for two years and yeah, <laughs> maybe more. That did not go according to plan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just a crazy life. So then you finally got your visas, but you did lo- long distance for four months. So how was that being away for that long with the little one? I mean, It was definitely hard. One, I was absolutely exhausted Two, her first birthday was quickly approaching in November. And at that point in time, Americans like, well, one, like I said, we couldn't get our visa to come over or we would have been here. Um, But we also like couldn't even Americans weren't being allowed in any countries except for one, like the UK. So I was like tracking the UK's COVID protocol every single day because that Andy had like that November break over her birthday. So we were like, who knows when we're going to be together, like for good this season, but at least we know that like we can meet over her birthday in London to celebrate together as a family. So like, I feel like you kind of look for those like silver linings to like hold on to, you know? Okay. So you flew to London then? So we flew to London, but like it was getting worse and worse by the day. So every day leading up to it, I'm like spending her whole entire nap time on the internet to make sure that like the UK isn't shutting their border to Americans. And then while we were there, they actually ended up going into lockdown, but I was like, oh. who cares? We're like, I will gladly stay locked in this Airbnb. Like we're together. We can celebrate her birthday, you know? Yeah. Um, But like when we were home, it was hard because I knew that as hard as it was on me and I was tired. I mean, my family lives five hours away. My parents are great about coming and going and trying to help me. But at the same time, they can't just like my dad still works and stuff. They can't move in with me like indefinitely. Uh, But they were a huge help. I was at our home. I was with Bonnie. I knew, however, I was feeling that it was like 10 times harder for Andy. He was over here in Russia in a country where he, you know, like, with the language barrier. It's just like so much different. He was in a small hotel room. He didn't even have like the dog or anything. So I felt like he was just like far more lonely. So I was trying to kind of think about what he was going through and kind of like try to keep things upbeat and everything, because I didn't want to like get really down in the dumps because I knew that would only bring him down in the dumps even further. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So it is such a difference once you have a kid in the mix though. Cause like 
like I said, we were kind of doing that this summer with like when Charlie was already over here and he just like would call and be like wanting to FaceTime and he's like, I miss him so much. And I like, it's just hard because you want to all be together, but you really can't. And it's kind of frustrating when you're waiting on like other people to figure it out for you. Like in your situation, obviously like mine was different because it was a personal decision for a wedding, but like you literally could not go even though you wanted to. And I'm sure it would have been a lot easier to have an extra set of hands right? Uh, yeah. to finally get over there. So um, we tried to do little things. Like we started a shared album so that like with the time difference, he was going to bed so much earlier than we were. So then I would like kind of like take videos and pictures of what we did throughout the day and post them to the shared album. So that when he woke up and we were still sleeping, he could still kind of like see you know, what she had done the day before, like have something to look forward to, like to wake up to in the morning. So we tried to do stuff like that. Again, we tried to just be like, so thankful that in a year that was so uncertain for so many people that like, he did have a job. Yes. You know, we hoped eventually we are going to make it over. So we tried to just like focus on the positives, but it's, I mean, it's hard. Right. So when you got there, (laughs) you have any funny stories or you like totally culture shocked? I'm sure you hadn't been to Russia before. Oh my gosh. I had definitely not been to Russia before. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so the first year that Andy played here, this was pre before we had kids. Um, and so I come over with the dog and I was like very nervous about you know, how many layovers we had. Cause I think that we were going to have like three layovers or something. And so I was like, okay, if our driver Genia can come pick us up in Moscow and we drive from Moscow to Nizhny, that's one less layover that our dog has to go on, you know? So we start off the whole trip by like flying across the globe. And then this man who now has become a very special part of my life. But at that point in time, literally didn't even like know what he looked like was picking us up and we were going to go on this six hour car ride together just so the dog didn't have to have another layover. So Jenny comes, picks us up. He's like super helpful with Hobie and the luggage and all this stuff. And it's six hours back to Nizhny. So we get to Nizhny and it's dark. So I can't really like see what the city looks like, but I'm so tired, whatever. And he's like, we'll go out tomorrow. I'll show you around. So the next day we get up and he's like, I want to take you to this like outdoor market. That's really cute. Like we'll bring Hobie so he can get out of the apartment, get some exercise. So we go to this outdoor market and Andy neglected to inform me that there's like some stray dogs that live like street dogs that live in the city. We start getting like cornered in from both sides of this market. I think because like clearly we had the dog with us. So they were like attracted to our dog, you know, but these street dogs start coming at us from both sides. I'm like freaking out. This is day one of me being in Russia. I'm like, I'm not going to make it out of here alive. You know, like, Oh my God. Were they like barking and like being aggressive. They were like barking and growling and being aggressive <gasps> and like coming towards us. And the funny thing is, is like, I haven't seen them so much this year, so I don't know like what the deal is, but COVID, the they got to stay years, inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the previous two years, like if I'm walking around by myself, they are like so uninterested in me. But like, I felt like when I had Hobie, it was just like, I don't know if it was like a new kid on the block or what they were like trying to show that they were like, the dominant ones, the alpha males, I have no idea, but I was like, Oh my God, Andy, they're like, they're like cornering us in right now. So then Jenya shows up the next day with this like massive stick that he says, he's like, Oh, he allowed you like take this on your walks with the dog. Like it'll, it'll keep you safe. And I'm like, so now I need to like walk when I go walk my dog, I have to bring this like massive stick to like ward off like the evils. What is going on here? But I didn't oh. end up using this. I didn't end up using the stick and we stayed out of the open market. And I feel like the, the street dogs kind of like stuck or I learned that they stick around like the market because that's like where the food is out and stuff. And there's like okay. these food stalls and everything. So it was just like, if we didn't go over there with Hobie, everything was totally fine. Okay. So like around the area where you live, you don't have this problem. No, I, I, I mean, I don't ever see these dogs anymore. Every once in a while we might see one, but I don't really ever see them anymore. That is frightening. Yeah, like, but I was like, day, it was like day one, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're like, like I'm going home. How am I gonna make it out of here? <laughs> you're like, I was like, uh, here, here's like this girl who just like plopped herself into this country. I'm the idiot who didn't learn any of the language before showing up here. Like, I'm on their turf. I should probably familiarize myself with some like common phrases and stuff. I was like, there's the language barrier. I don't even think I'm going to be able to walk my dog alone because these other street dogs are terrifying to me. 
I just felt like such a fish out of water, but, and then like, you know, we had those experiences, like funny things with the language barrier that I'm sure many people experience in all these different <laughs> countries that we're not native to, but like you, you would order stuff and like something completely different would show up and you would just be like, Hmm, but you don't even know enough <laughs> of the language to then like try to correct your order. So you just end up like accepting whatever was brought to you. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is probably way t- TMI, but I remember one time I was very early. We found out that we were pregnant with Bonnie, like not long before we were leaving to go back home for the off season. So I was very newly pregnant. And my doctor here had warned me that like, it's common that you can get UTIs early into your pregnancy. And so I had never had one before, but just because she like planted the seed in my head, I started like convincing myself every day that I was starting to get a UTI, you know? (laughs) So then I start like ordering cranberry juice everywhere because like, which I also don't even think is a real thing, but I just heard cranberry juice can help with UTIs. So no, I, I started, heard like, that. Ordering yeah. cranberry, so I started ordering cranberry juice, but like the things that would show up, like one time I got creme brulee and one time I got like a <laughs> martini and I was like, <laughs> you're like, I don't even know anymore. I'll take all the cranberry yeah, flavored exactly. things. Oh exactly. my gosh. So, that is just funny things like that. Yeah. And then like every once in a while, our first year, Andy and Jenya, who's our translator, would have like these miscommunications. And it was so bizarre to me because I felt like Jenny and I never had these miscommunications. So I was confused how Andy was having them. So we go into this doctor's appointment. We're not pregnant, but I like, you know, kind of wanted to start to, I wanted to meet with the doctor to like do some testing and put the wheels into motion, whatever. And so we had been, I think they were doing like a bunch of like, you know, the basic like blood draws and all that kind of thing, just to like start checking my levels. And yeah, I was like, I was a first time patient. So they were doing like all the onboarding stuff, like clinical. So we had been there for a long time and Andy came with me so that if he had any questions for the doctor, he could ask the doctor questions, blah, blah, blah. So Andy goes out to wait in the waiting area with Jenya while I like finish up with the doctor or whatever. And then all of a sudden Andy comes back in and he's like, Hill, um, Jenya thinks that you're pregnant and he thinks that we're having a son. And I was like, what? I was like, okay, explain this one to me, Andy. How did this happen? Like, we're not pregnant. And if we're not pregnant, it's definitely like, there's no way we know any gender. And so he goes, well, I was out there and I was talking to him and I said, oh my gosh, Jenya, the sun is going to be down by the time that we leave here. Cause we had been there for so long. And Jenya took that as we were having a son. And it was, was coming like, today. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Andy, did you correct him? And Andy goes, no. And I was like, what? You have to go out there and correct him. Like, (laughs) I can't walk out of here with him, like thinking that we're having like a baby boy in the car. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like I, Andy, like, I don't know. I think it was just like new to us. Now we're like all very much on the same page with Jenya. We know we can tell if like, there's a little like miscommunication either way and like quickly try to correct it. But I think at that point in time, like this whole having a translator experience was so new to us that Andy like wasn't confident and like trying to like, correct Jenya. I don't That's know why, but so anyways, funny. so I like your husband was just trying to make a simple like joke. And then he's like, yeah, he took yeah. it so literally like, yeah. no, the sun's coming like today. But then <laughs> I'm like, this is just so bizarre that you didn't like clear it up for him, you know? And so we, I walk out of the doctor's office and Jenny's like, Oh, Hillary, congrats. Congrats. I was like, no, Jenya, I'm not pregnant. Like we're not having a son. We get in the car and I can tell that he had like texted his wife or whoever, like his wife and told her that we were pregnant. She starts calling and like his phone is connected to the speakers and so every time that like Rita pops up and it's like ding 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 like through the phone speakers he just keeps hitting like ignore because I can tell that she's clearly calling to then congratulate us but no one since Andy hadn't told Jenya it hadn't gotten back to Rita that we were not expecting a son so it was just like funny things like that where you're just like oh my god you just like it yeah. brings like some levity to the situation, you know, like to the experience. Right. Oh, and you'll never forget those stories. Like you're going to look no. back and think they're so funny and, and special to you. And is the language, like, is it easier to understand than to read? Because I feel like when I look at that online, I'm just like, oh my God, how would anyone ever learn this as our second language? I mean, I feel like it's not because I can't, and this could totally be me, but like, I can't even tell where like a word or a sentence, like to me, it just sounds like it all like runs together. You know, I can't tell like where a word or a sentence stops or a new thought begins. When we lived in Sweden, 
I felt like it was easier for me to pick up because the alphabet was sim- more similar to the American alphabet, but with mm-hmm. how different the alphabet is here. And then also like having the translator kind of takes away like my drive to even learn, which is totally yeah. on me. No, um, I mean, I would do the same thing. It's just easier. It's and just, like, you don't have the time to like sit down and really learn like a hard language like that. It's the same with well, Germans really hard too. Oh yeah. I can only imagine. And then also going back to like the one year deal thing. It's like the first year we showed up, I was like, well, you know, why will I learn the language if I'm only going to be here a year? I mean, like I know the common phrases and everything, but like, I didn't expect for Russia to be the place where Andy actually ended up playing the longest. So at this point, hindsight's 2020, I'm like, well, shoot, I should have started taking lessons our first year. I'd be like way more prepared for survival now, but we keep yeah. signing these one-year deals. So I'm like, what if we're somewhere <laughs> else next year? You know? Yeah. Do you guys get like breaks and stuff there where you can go um, travel? Yes. Yeah. They do get breaks. So we actually didn't go anywhere for a November break because I was home with Bonnie the month of October for my brother's wedding and like to see some family and stuff. And we came back like a few days before. So that was just kind of a lot, but we're hoping to go somewhere like over that little December break just random question that popped in, but I just saw someone that I know that went to D- Dubai from Russia. Is that pretty close? Russians love to go to Dubai. Same with Austrians. Like that's where they vacation. They're ready to go. They're ready to party. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, all their pictures look so luxurious and like warm. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Like, you know, they can escape the winter and go to Dubai and everything. Yeah. But I'm just sense. like, wow, that sounds like, like a really big, like commitment for a trip I'm like just like hopping over to Dubai does it sound like you're like weekend adventure you yeah know? <laughs> yeah exactly I know because it sounds like so far away but it's probably not as far as we think if we were to look in, on a map yeah I don't know well, the funny thing is is like Andy's first year that he signed in Russia I was like hmm I wonder what continent Russia is on I don't even know so I like pulled it up on Wikipedia and it was like Russia is a member of Eurasia Yes. I was like, well, what's the point of having continents if you can identify that you're on two different continents? I was yes. like, what? That was not what I was expecting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that till I think last year, my husband told me it's like partially on, partially in Asia, partially on it's in Europe. Crazy. It's like, it's so it's, gigantic. It is. But huge. it just showed like, I feel like I was like, I'm so sheltered, you know, like, I'm like, I feel like I should know these things. How do I not know these things? Yeah. Well, I think like once you come over here, you start to learn where things are. So then I don't know. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, how do people not know where this is? Like people always ask me like, oh, are you going back to Australia? And I'm like, I'm not in Australia. Like (laughs) there's no hockey really in us. I mean, there, I know there is a little bit, but like we're in Austria. That's a completely different world. (laughs) What were you going to say? It's also so crazy coming over here, like going back to the language barrier thing. I mean, I think of like going, you know, growing up being educated in the States. Like I loved going to school. I enjoyed my experience, but I'm like coming over here and meeting all of these young people and people my age who know like their native language, their native language, English, and like most likely, most often another language. I'm like, I feel like our school system back home is falling short. Like, how are we not yeah. more submersive? And like, I mean, yeah, growing up, I had to take a second language, but it was like in high school, basically for a like joke, a year. you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was like sure. to check a box. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, this is incredible that like everywhere from like when we lived in Sweden, the places that we've traveled around to being in Russia, like, I'm just like, you guys are so much better at learning second and third languages. And it's so great for you where like, here I am showing up in your country and I can barely like even ask you for a sandwich, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. But I do think it's harder to learn languages once you're older. And I think I totally think so too. If that's why it's so easy when your kids are in school in these places and they pick it up so much more quickly because when, I don't know, it's like something about the way that they're developing, they're able to like grasp onto it more. I don't know. Cause for me, I like I can re- I can actually read German more than I can speak it. Like if I'm at the store. That's how like, I was when we were in Sweden. I could yeah, read it better than I could speak it. Exactly. Like talk to me full sentence in German. No clue what you're saying, but like I can <laughs> read like the ingredients and stuff. Like, so I don't know, but I agree. Like I remember in high school, I had to take like, I got to choose a language and I chose sign language, which sure it was cool, but like it was two years. It was kind of like something that everybody just like half asked to get a checkbox, like you said. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it would be really cool to, you know, especially like 
I don't know, hockey families in particular, you never know like where this world will take us. And I think a lot of our children will wind up playing hockey and could play right. in different countries. So it's just like another asset that they could have um, if they kind of implemented that more in schools. And the crazy thing to me is, is like when you come over to these countries and like you walk in somewhere, you know, someone starts speaking to you in like Swedish or German or Russian and you're like, oh, sorry, like I speak English. And then they apologize as if they're doing something wrong by speaking their native language of that country to me. And I'm like, you don't need to apologize. Like I'm in your country. I should know your language. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'll walk into a cafe. I remember like one of my first weeks in Russia, I walked in this cafe and just tried to order a coffee. And I wouldn't say that like English is everywhere. I find that like when we go to Moscow and St. Petersburg, like more international cities, it's definitely more prevalent than like mm -hmm. the city that we live in. But like I said, I do think that like these younger up and coming generations here are doing a really great job learning foreign languages and English is, you know, a, a pretty popular one. But I walked in this cafe to order a coffee and she said something to me in Russian. I said, oh, sorry, Angliski, like I speak English. And she was like, oh, sorry, sorry, can I help you? And I was like, don't apologize to me. Like, I should know your language. You don't have to apologize that you spoke to me in like the language of this country, you know? Yeah, yeah. I thought exactly. it was like so nice and kind and sweet, but I was like, no, no, you're not the one in the wrong. I'm the one in the wrong. Yeah, well, I feel like, I don't know, this is like just me and my tangent brain, but I just feel like we are, we grow up saying sorry so much. And like, that's just like a natural yes. response to be like, sorry, sorry. I'm like, it's something I'm like trying yeah. not to do as much as to say, sorry, I'm late or whatever, but like, oh, thanks for yeah. waiting for me. Cause it's, I don't know. It's like, we shouldn't always be apologizing for stuff. Um, right. Anyway, that's my random thought to add in, <laughs> but yeah, no, no it's, it's funny. I think I started changing the way that I ask if people speak English. Cause I think it's, more taken aback when you're like, do you speak English? Like instead now I'm kind of like, oh, sorry. Like I speak English. <laughs> See, I just said, sorry after I, I just said that, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I speak English. And they're like, oh, okay. Like most of the time, or they'll just like say, oh, like they know, like I don't speak English, so I can't continue right. this conversation. But it is funny. There are some times where I say that and then they'll keep speaking to me in German. And I'm like, I'm, I don't speak German. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> like never will. I mean, not never will, but like, I just, I'm never going to understand what you're saying. Like you can keep speaking to me this way, but I don't know. <laughs> Andy and I laugh about that because like, we've had so many of those experiences too, where you're like, Oh, like, I don't understand. I'm sorry. Angliski, I speak English and they keep going on in Russian. Yeah. But like, I fully have done the same thing before. And I just think that like, if I use more like hand motions, yeah. or, like try to illustrate it better. I'm like, even though this person has told me they don't speak English, I think they're still going to catch on if I keep talking to them in English, you know? I know. And sometimes I feel like, like even just the girls that are Austrian here or whatever, who are on the team, like they'll say, Oh, like my English isn't good. I'm like, your English is amazing. Like, don't yes. sell yourself short. Like I can completely understand you. And I think there's a lot of people that because it's not their first language, they think they're not good at it, even though it's right. completely clear communication. And I'm like, so people will say they don't speak English, but they actually do. So sometimes I'll just say like, do you speak English? And they'll say no. And I'm like, do you know yeah. where this is? And they're like, oh yeah, over here. And I'm like, okay, so you do understand me. <laughs> you just don't want to talk to I me. Think I get just it. like nervous and hesitant, you know, because they're like nervous. It's not going to be strong or something, but I'm like, but you are actually like making my day by speaking English to me. And I don't know any Russian. Exactly. So any English that you do know is a hundred times better than anything I know of your language. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, this was such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. That was awesome. Yeah, I, hope, I hope that wasn't too like sporadic. No, I think we were just like vibing and just went on, just kept going. I think fun. it was it's great. It's kind of crazy how quickly an hour passes, you know? I know it is crazy, but no, that was a ton of fun. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me.